And from that moment on, I started to define my pain as instead my purpose. Welcome to the Becoming Fluent in Grief podcast. I am your host, Stacy Sanchez, and I am so glad you are here. Grief. Have you ever been in a place like grief? It's almost as if you stepped off into a foreign country. You look around, nothing looks familiar. You have no way to express what you're feeling in your heart in a way that other people can understand. Everything seems different, nothing seems the same, and yet here you are. Grief. How do we walk out this journey of grief and do it well? I think it takes becoming fluent in the language of grief. And that's what this podcast is all about. I don't have all the answers, but I have walked the journey of grief. And I hope that together, as we share an honest conversation, as we dig deep into grief to mine the treasures that are tucked into this season of life, that we can find the tools that we need to become fluent so that we can not only live this journey out, but that we can live it out well. All right, let's get to it. As we find ourselves in this new place of grief, this foreign land, this uncharted territory, I want to encourage you to be careful about learning the vocabulary that you associate with this time. As we become fluent in grief, we get to define what this season of life looks like to us. We get to define what the feelings are going to become to us. We get to define what meaning we are going to take from this season. If you stop and think about that, placing your definition on all that is new to you in this place, there is a comfort to be found there. And what I mean by placing a definition is simply choosing to see what others might not see in a time of grief, choosing to see the positive, choosing to see the blessing, choosing to see the purpose, choosing to see beyond the loss to what God can do if you give it to him to do with. And I think a lot of the way we can do that is by remembering the definitions we place on things. And I'm going to give you a simple illustration because you might not have ever thought about you having the power to define feelings or to define situations or circumstances, but a simple illustration when we think about becoming fluent in a language is simply understanding the depth of a word, right? I know, I will admit I am a word buff. I love words because words are powerful. 
And that's why I want to encourage you to choose wisely the definitions and the words that you place to your feelings and your emotions and your response to grief. Take the word alone. We talked several episodes ago about how grief can make us feel so very alone. And when we think of the word alone, we think of alone, on our own, lonely, isolated, away from people, away from comfort, away from anybody understanding how we're feeling, just totally by ourselves in it, alone. It has a very negative connotation in a lot of ways. The word alone can just automatically bring a sorrow and a sadness to your heart. Am I right? But think of it this way. What if instead of divining grief as a time when we feel alone, we can instead define grief as a season of solitude. Think of the word solitude. To me, solitude means that I am by myself, but I don't feel lonely. I'm by myself, but I'm in a place of spending time with myself. It's not that I am not with the world. I am choosing to be away from the world for a little bit. I am taking time in solitude to hear my own heart, to hear my own cries, to hear my own sorrow, to honor my own feelings and my own emotions and to give them my attention. Do you see the difference between being alone and being in a place of solitude? One can make us feel defeated, sorrowful, and in despair. The other can make us feel productive, hopeful, and healthy, right? Solitude is a good, good thing. When we are in a season of solitude, we can do what I talked about last week. We can do some introspection. We can come to know ourselves in a way like we won't in any other season. When we are in a place of intentional solitude, we do ourselves one of the greatest favors and give ourselves one of the most beautiful gifts, and that is to be heard. How often have you spent time giving yourself time to be heard? I don't think we do that very often. I don't think we withdraw from the world. We don't withdraw from all the voices that are vying for our attention. We don't give time to ourselves to hear ourselves speak, to hear ourselves try to explain the deepest places within us. As we are in the season of grief, we have the power to define how we will walk through it, how we will see it, how we will respond to it. And alone in solitude, that's just one example that was on my heart to share with you today. 
but there are so many others. And what I want you to do or what I want to encourage you to do is to be mindful when you start to feel an emotion, when you start to come face to face with a feeling, stop and ask yourself, how do I want to choose to define this moment, to define this feeling, maybe even to define a memory, to define a hurt? Because the way you choose to define it makes all the difference in how you will receive it and move forward with it. The power is in your hands. Only you can choose what you're going to do with it. I know when I first lost my husband in the moments, the seconds of having um, I found him there. He had a sudden heart attack and I missed getting to him by seconds. You know, when I uh, found him there, his lips were still moving. Uh, it was just within a second or so of having lost him. But in that moment, I heard myself say out loud, don't worry, handsome, don't worry. I'm going to make this count. And then I looked up towards heaven and I said, and don't worry, God, with your help, I'm going to make this count. I promise you. And then I looked at my man and I promised him. Now, I can guarantee you that in that moment, that was nothing but God speaking through me, because that's not something I would have thought to say in that moment. But I did. God graced me with those words. And from that moment on, I started to define my pain as instead my purpose. It became what got me out of bed in the morning. It became what kept me going. I didn't see it as pain. I defined it as purpose. God's going to use this to make it count. This podcast that you're listening to is one of the ways God is bringing purpose in place of my pain. This podcast is the way I chose to define that moment in my life, not as a pain, but as a purpose. We have the power to define the pain. We have the power to define the loss. We can choose to see it however we decide to see it. And granted, our definition does not undo what has been done. Our definition does not bring back the one that we lost. It does not change that particular situation or circumstance. But I guarantee you this, the way you define that loss most definitely does change the future. It changes the way you grow in it, the way you go in it, the way you allow it to either help you become better, or you allow it to make you become bitter. The way you choose to see it as something that now has you completely alone, or the way you choose to see it that now it's something that has drawn you into this place of solitude, hopefully not only just with yourself, but with your God. You do have that control. 
while death is out of our control, and we talked several episodes ago that there's not one thing we can do to change that, we can change the way we respond to it, the way we see it, the way we choose to define it, and the way we choose to let it define our next step and our next thought and our next decision. You have that power. It's up to you. As you are going through this season of grief, choose carefully the definitions that you assign to this season. Spend time in solitude, not alone, but in solitude with yourself, listening to yourself honoring what yourself is telling you in this season, listening beyond the hurt, beyond the grief, beyond the sorrow to what is next, to what can come from it, to what purpose you can bring to your own pain. Because I guarantee you, there is good that can come from something that seems so terribly bad, but it starts with your definition. It starts with the way you choose to see it and you choose to define it for you. If we can apply appropriate definitions in our season of grief, we take another step in becoming fluent in the language of grief. Before I go, I just want to encourage you, if this episode has been helpful to you in any way, please, please share it. There are so many people out there who are walking through grief, and if anything that is said here can encourage them or help them or strengthen them, then that would bless my heart no end. And also, if you would do me a favor, and if you would subscribe to my podcast, and also if you feel so led, leave a review. This is one way that the podcast will move up and more people will be able to find it when they search for something on grief. So important, those reviews and those likes, those shares, those comments, those subscribing. So if you can please do that for me, I would truly appreciate it. And then I just want to let you know that I have a couple of resources that you might find helpful in your own walk through grief or if you know somebody who's going through grief. I've written two books. One is called If Only I Could, and the other is called You'll Be Fine, Beautiful, You've Got God. These are not how-to books. They are simply my walk through grief. They are the raw, honest, uh, yeah, just the raw, honest journey through grief. But they're full of encouragement. They're full of the ways that God met me in these places. They're just full of hope, as well as being transparent and authentic and real. If you are interested in either of those, look in the show notes to this episode, and you will find links to both of the books there, where then you can find more information or you can purchase them there. I am looking so forward to this journey with you because I do believe that as we talk about grief, as we are willing to embrace our grief, that we can become fluent in grief. 
All right, we'll see you next time.